one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Get The Table, another wrestling roundtable discussion podcast with myself, Adam Wilborn, and one of the Dadly Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, here to discuss another burning wrestling issue. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we review Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AW, Dynamite, pay-per-views, we have interviews, more roundtable discussions like this one, and a roundup of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture, as I said, though, joined by Michael Cedric and Sir, we are gathered here. We are socially distanced here today for perhaps one of the final times, Touchwood, ever to talk about what needs to happen at AEW All Out. Now, we are just over a month away. We are recording this in the immediate aftermath of AEW Dynamite Fight for the Fallen. How are you feeling? about All Out this year, Sige? I think it's going to be the greatest wrestling pay-per-view of all time. <laughs> yep. I mean, come on. Look at the mooted lineup, the teased lineup, the lineup everyone wants in their heads. There's been some reports on Observer Radio on Thursday, which we will cover, that just make this thing an impossible fan service love letter made possible by someone who loves this just as much as we do. And his dad happened to have billions of dollars, dollars to enable, uh, enable it. So, yes, brilliant. Thank you. Um, recency bias for something that hasn't even happened yet probably doesn't dampen um, criticisms that I am biased, but this is what biased feels like. At least it's honest. Like, it's just, this looks awesome. This looks absolutely awesome. And I'm looking forward to drilling into what I expect it to look like, or at least what I want it to look like. Mm, we'll try and cover as many things as possible here. Uh, but let's start in the most obvious place, because for months, you and I have sat here and said, well, it's all out. September 5th, Chicago. The tagline is literally where champions are made. There's a guy with a great deal of history at this pay-per-view. And yet, off the back of what is, at time of recording, last night's Dynamite, it doesn't look like Hangman Page is going to be the guy to challenge Kenny Omega. Where do they go from here with the world title? I don't know where they go from here. All I know is they have to still do Hangman Page versus Kenny Omega. It's his time. It's his belt. It's the show that he needs to redeem himself on. And the wonderful quality 
of AEW's booking is that at time of recording, it feels like all hope is lost. And it's on the back of Dynamite this week, like a pretty genuinely crushing thing that has nowhere near, that has no right to have as much emotional heft as it did from like the perspective of a 35-year-old man. But that's the magic of the storyline. That's the magic of these characters. That's the magic of the wrestling era that we are living through. It feels like all hope is lost, but we've been here before with Hangman. Um, it felt like they're just so good at manipulating you. It feels at time of recording like all hope is gone through the parameters of the stipulation and the ranking system and whatever. It feels like done, it's done, it's done. But it felt like, however many weeks ago at this point, that it was nailed on to happen. And we're thinking, oh no, he's too close. And now he's too far away. Mm. The way that they can manipulate the story, your investment in it, to get the synapses firing, to make you feel anxious about every eventual outcome. This has been masterful work. They could theoretically extend all of this to full gear, knowing that they've got a massive draw, potentially, in the wings, ready for his first match. And because of the fact that you're going to sell the pay-per-view on that, maybe you could slot in a B-level challenger along the lines of Christian Cage. I can't see it happening. I've said from the start, the potted history of All Out is so genius, mm. how it's been the milestone moment each year for the Hangman Page character that it just needs to happen at this pay-per-view. I feel like if anyone can drag this out or prolong it, it's the elite and Hangman Page, like the most intelligent storytellers in the game at this point. But come on, it's All Out. It's the event at which the Young Bucks said, and how perfect is just virtually everything to do with the storyline? They always seconded Kenny Omega in New Japan. Hangman Page said, I really need the confidence to do this. I'm kind of green on the stage. Um, I don't know if I'm mentally prepared. I'd lo- love your backup. Even back then, the sympathy was volleyed across every single direction. The Young Bucks, when they seconded Omega, were like second, third match. 10 to 15 minutes, you can well imagine they recover in time to go out there and support their pal. At All Out 2019, the very match before, and this is not remotely by accident, they think about all of this so much. The match before Hangman Page versus Chris Jericho at All Out 2019 was the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Brothers and Escalera de la Muerte. They couldn't possibly, like second hangman page and support them. They could barely stand up after that war. So they were justified in denying the request. Hangman page was justified in feeling anxious that he couldn't be deemed worthy of the elite designation, which hung over his head, informed the anxious millennial, millennial cowboy character. You fast forward, hangman page is reluctant to really join the elite in those inner circle brawls on TV he loses at full gear against Pac. He forms a partnership with Kenny Omega. They are wonderful together, professionally, chemistry. Personally, they don't really get on. Kenny's always closer to the Young Bucks. That creates the tension and the just seminal brilliance of Revolution 2020. The events of the pandemic bring the group together to give the fans reprieve from just the ominous awfulness of everything. The splinters start to appear when FTR knowing how good 
Page and Omega are and how good the young books are ahead of them in the rankings at this point seek to create a divide within the elite. They do this by realizing, oh, Christ, we could really pretend to be Hangman Page's mate because we drink. They don't. We can pretend to be his drinking buddy. They betray him. They manipulate him. They betray him. So all out 2020, Hangman Page fails because his mind is head to toe like poison. His mind is in a really turbulent, depressed place. They lose the match. He loses everything. He feels head to toe like poison. And now we've reached a point where his soul restored by the Dark Order is part of this really wholesome, nice storyline. He's ready to face Kenny Omega, except on the back of this week's Dynamite, he's not. This has to happen all out. I have no idea at this point how they get there. They'll have a better idea than me anyway. I don't care if you can probably sell enough pay-per-view buys that are consistent with what they do to be deemed to considered a success. With CM Punk wrestling, I want to see Page versus Omega at All Out. That's the answer to the question, I think. Yeah, as much as to the letter of the law, it's not going to happen. There's always there's a there's a chance there, isn't it? I mean, I know Christian Cage, as you say, is is an obvious challenger, but it feels like <laughs> all the mad stuff that we've got going on with AEW over the next few weeks and the launch of Rampage and obviously Rampage in Chicago. There's going to be plenty of opportunities if you're going to hotshot a title match to do that in the interim off the back of this great series of effectively pay-per-views on TV for the last four weeks with uh, Road Rager, the two-night fighter fest, and obviously Fight for the Fallen. Like Coming off the back of that, people have high expectations of, of what they deliver on Dynamite, and I sense that maybe they're going to pull the trigger on a title match for Cage versus Omega before that and, and potential to uh, to see... You know, I don't know. We've talked about it on the podcast, but like something along the lines of a maybe even a cage jungle boy match at uh, all out. But we're not going to try and book the entire card because that's impossible. Um, but you mentioned the young books there. They are, of course, the AW tag champions. Let's run through the other champions uh, alongside these guys and talk about who maybe they're going to be facing. Let's start with the young books. Well, they planted the idea that they might defend the titles against either Eve Luna and Grayson or Silver and Reynolds, it would be Evil Uno and Grayson. Um, Evil Uno's the most endearing character. They are the superior tag team outfit. Shoe Grayson's one of the best workers on the roster and think of the goddamn ground that covers. So they're up there. If you look at the Young Bucks run, it's really interesting because they worked the acclaimed, but the acclaimed were heels and they were baby faces at the time. Obviously, they turned halfway through this run, did the Young Bucks. You could probably do the acclaimed, who are just basically baby faces and waiting at this point. The acts too over. Max Caster's too funny. They're playing heels in a dark program right now, opposite the Varsity Blondes. But I would be astonished personally if by the end of this year, the acclaimed aren't baby faces. So you could easily do that match, which was a proper over-delivery, by the way. Um, but I can't see it coming yet. FTR won against Santana and Ortiz. I expect that result will be reversed in the coming weeks. And they are heels in a heel stable that, being that MGF is also involved, I can't see them running that back anytime soon at all. On the subject of Santana and Ortiz, they're in the rankings, the top five, but... Again, it feels like that's a longer-term project. 
I can't look past Evelyn and Grayson, particularly since they've already um, dangled that one. Evelyn got such a massive pop. The Super Order, uh, Super Elite versus Dark Order thing's really hot. And what I noticed, Will Bourne, so not only would it be a great match, I've said before, go and watch. Go on YouTube after this podcast. Type in Young Bucks versus Super Smash Brothers at uh, Smash Wrestling Canada. Incredible. Absolutely incredible match. And I'm thinking on Wednesday's Dynamite, you really didn't get that many interactions between those two teams. I couldn't help but think, are they saving it? And are they saving it with the idea of, we want you to think it's all gone up in smoke, it's all made impossible, Hangman Page has failed again, with the idea being like, we need to keep some of the best sequences we've got together in the back pocket ahead of All Out. I think this would function superbly as a 15-minute um, that the books... The thing about the books have rained for so long, and yet they're still so deliriously entertaining on TV. I know predicting the results is not the part of this podcast. We will do so um, when the full lineup is announced. But that for me is the match. Mm, absolutely. Uh, in terms of people who've not got great track records at All Out, you can add Britt Baker to that list. She lost the tooth and nail match, of course, last year to Big Swole. Ugh. The, week, the year before that, it was the Women's Casino Battle Royal. I think she was the last person eliminated, if I'm not mistaken, by, by Nyla Rose when she emerged victorious from that. Now, you describe this as you know potentially one of the best cards ever. That would suggest we get Britt Baker potentially versus Thunder Rosa, but, but how do you see it? It needs to be good, and Thunder Rosa is possibly the best version of making it good. They've had two really good matches, one of which was absolutely superb. Um, a match of the year contender. And it makes perfect sense storyline-wise, of course. Thunder also just got a win last night, um, last Thursday. Wink. <laughs> um, and she won the match. That doesn't count against Dr. Against Dr. Britt Baker. There's loads of storyline mileage in that. Dr. Britt Baker can rub her nose in the idea that it didn't count. This will infuriate Thunder Rosa. She can go on a winning streak, much like Britt Baker did. That'd be a nice bit of uh, symmetry. AEW love playing with that. Um, and it would be a very good match. Is Thunder Rosa so over and so good that she shouldn't be the second scalp in a long-term title reign? I believe so. I do believe so. That leaves, I want to say limited options. If they're not going to do Thunder Rosa yet, and I don't think they should because I think Baker deserves a long reign and um, particularly since like she's got the demos sewn up in that division, she's got that the demos sewn up regardless of divisions. In fact, and then you realize how much depth is there to this roster. I'm just gonna rip off Hamlet's take. If there's anyone who is so great in the ring, and yet she can go 50-50 if you like. Some people have to, like some people have to. Um, someone who you can't really see is a marketable, like populist draw but who the wrestling fans adore and who's going to guarantee you a fantastic match it's got to be Serena Deeb mm. it's got I mean it's got to be Serena Deeb like I can't see her as a long-term AEW Women's Champion I can see her as enough of a threat that they might do the switch she's basically your perfect second third or fourth challenger as opposed to the person who takes off the title Dr. Brett Baker needs a very good match at this point match quality, no matter how over she is. 
and she's remained over despite the odd middling performance. She's quite inconsistent, Baker. I've said before, like she needs um, reps, and the way AEW's ranking system schedule doesn't really allow for reps, and I think that might become a problem in the next one or two years. But that's another story for another day. You want a good match? You don't want a title switch. For those two reasons, uh, Serena Deeb for me. Yes, great shout that idea. I didn't even think of Serena Deeb uh, looking at the rankings here. Uh, Thunder Rosa is number one. She's uh, 21 and two. Uh, or one and oh, I suppose, technically, since she, since she became uh, all elite. Uh, the possibilities there, of course, you could have, you know, Britt Baker emerge victorious from the defeating Thunder Rosa. And maybe even you do some sort of double turn because I feel like Britt, it's hard to turn Thunder Rosa, obviously. Because, yeah, she's really you know, popular. I just feel like Britt Baker needs to turn babyface. But maybe that gets established next week. Uh, they made vague reference to it on Dynamite. Oh, it's so bloody busy. We're going to do QT Marshall's apologies uh, to uh, to Tony Schiavone next week. And that could well be like we've uh, speculated on before. A trap for uh, Britt Baker's, well, one of Britt Baker's best mates uh, to set up Serena Deeb. I think that's a, that's a hell of a shout as well. We'll come back to, to the women's division again because I want to get your thoughts on potentially who could win. The only thing that we know is advertised so far for All Out 2021, that being the Women's Casino Battle Royale. But we'll get to that after God's favourite champion, the TNT champion, Miro. Who on earth goes up against him at All Out? Pick one of your super over mid-card baby faces, of which there are several, like Sammy Guevara, not Jungle Boy because we've got the Christian Cage match for him. We will expand upon that as we have done Virtually every review, just waiting for that uh, turn to happen. Um, Sammy Guevara, Orange Cassidy. Yes. Um, one of them two, or Eddie Kingston. But then if you're going to do something that monumental with Eddie Kingston, and he should, like we were talking on the review on a Thursday, <laughs> that this region-specific stuff they've been doing is really astute, really canny. Um, but in the case of FTR and the Carolinas, like sadly, it just didn't work at all. That simply isn't happening with Eddie Kingston, who is going to get over like an absolute bastard in New York City when they do Arthur Ashe. So if you're going to do something to strap him up and to make Ruthie happy, do that Arthur Ashe, which means that, you know, he's not on the agenda for All Out. How long after, I've realised we've spoken about this a million times, but my dates are just all over the shop. How long after All Out is Arthur Ashe? Two weeks. Okay. So potentially, I mean, you're not suggesting that they have it, but you could do, for example, because I was thinking Orange Cassidy, a victory for Miro against Orange Cassidy, and maybe he decides, no, I'm going to murder him a little bit more afterwards. Eddie Kingston makes the save, and there's your build for, you know, because you, know, you don't really want to do it like the week before on Dynamite, for example. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to see Eddie Kingston and Orange Cassidy interact, right? That would be mm-hmm. an absolute riot. The thing about Cassidy is that I reckon he could be a great TV champion. Hmm. Any heel worth their salt would despise the fact, in theory, that Orange Cassidy, this casual slacker who doesn't care, wouldn't be that arse about wearing the title properly or promoting his matches or whatever. Uh, you've made a great TV champion is someone who other heels could really play off as a character. I just keep getting the impression with the way in which he's booked that they 
because they're going to pull the trigger on him eventually. And he's as good a choice as any to defeat Miro. And as we've noted on the podcast, I don't know if it's just a flex, right, to illustrate how far he's come and how well they've done to book him. But they've talked and acknowledged, oh, he was distracted, which was their euphemism for, oh, we got it wrong and it was rubbish and we didn't get him over at all. But they've framed that in fiction as, oh, he was distracted, he was messing around, blah, blah, blah. He's no longer like that anymore at all. Maybe they've done that with the idea that the sight of Orange Cassidy challenging him will just piss him off and piss him off into beating up Orange Cassidy as a reminder of the man that he used to be. Great heat segments, history in the story. Did they ever do Miro versus Orange Cassidy one-on-one? Not that I can remember. Not that I can remember. Um, Look, he's eternally popular as Orange Cassidy. Theoretically, if he's in a stronger position and he's got a title and he's more prominent and consistent on TV, his popularity can only grow. So it's one of those where they've, just, they've simply got too many good baby faces. And it's <laughs> such a luxurious problem to have considering the main competition they have, WWE, has been horrendous at booking baby faces for like, what, 20 years at this point. So it's hard to really nail down who you want because from one segment to the next, you like one character. Then Eddie Kingston will cut a promo. Orange Cassidy, but I don't want him to get beat. This is the trickiest one to book, I think. Mm. Who would well, you go for? Yeah, I think OC as well, but unfortunately, he can't. I, I don't want him to beat Miro yet, so it's it's really tough. But I, I like the idea of Orange Cassidy, valiant in defeat. Maybe he even some shenanigans. Who knows? And then yeah, Eddie Kingston comes down to make the save because it's an open goal to to book that match for for Arthur Ashe the Arthur Ashe the following weeks. I'd say. Even if you give Eddie Kingston just a, you're awesome, thank you, Rain, for three weeks, four weeks. Yeah. Like, it would just be nice. It would be nice. And to be fair, it would behoove AEW to do a transitional Rain or a shock switch just to freshen things up somewhat. Mm. So as much as I'm looking forward to something like Miro versus Lee Johnson on Wednesday, like, if they do something like that, in about three months' time, I'll still start to wear a bit thin. Yeah. I like the long title reigns, maybe they do a really short one. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage... Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com 
slash host. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash whatculture. Well, we've talked about the title matches uh, at All Out. There may well be an FTW Championship one, I suppose, as well. But let's talk about the real main event, Michael Sidgwick. Uh, and that is John Moxley versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. Christ almighty. Like, you are spoiling us, Ambassador. <laughs> I mean, Hiroshi Tanahashi, right, is so over everywhere because he's amazing. He's probably the best pure wrestler who can just draw you in in the space between moves and crafting that story. He's just absolutely phenomenal at it. Wonderful babyface quality to him. His selling is exceptional. He's just on my my Mount Rushmore. He's amazing. There is no doubt whatsoever. He's a beloved international icon and he will be performing in front of a very hardcore in the know audience. He will also get over because he's been to America twice. He's been quite a few times, actually, because he did ROH stuff. But the two most notable times I can recall, he got one of the biggest pops at WrestleMania weekend in 2018 for the WrestleCon show. I don't know if you've ever seen the footage, but these people are hugging. They're so happy to see Tanahashi, not least because it was such a massive surprise. And I was at, so fortunate to be at Madison Square Garden for the New Japan Mm. ROH Supercard. And Hiroshi Tanahashi was received as a god, a total god. He will get over huge in that building in Chicago, a total wrestling hotbed. Tanahashi versus Moxley will be an incredible match because Tanahashi's so good that like he could get like a, a limb removed and still be like better than 95% of the world's roster because he's so exceptional at selling. There are very few people at better at John Moxley than doling out pain, than making it look like he's really hurting people and brawling. There's an interesting mix of styles there to explore, particularly since like Moxley's really good at grappling as well, but he doesn't really show it with this character that he, had, that he has on episodic TV. Like This will be class. Um, John Moxley needs to keep winning, but keep away from the title picture. Mm. in various ways and what a way this is to do it Tanahashi can absorb a loss quite easily he's been pinned clean in the middle or submitted clean in the middle like more times than I can count since he really allowed Okada to take the A spot and he remains totally over he can buy and beat anyone because he's so amazing um, this match should be absolutely incredible 
insanely heated. It will feel like a gift unwrapping itself in mm. front of you. And I'm obviously not on the note of the politics of the New Japan AEW relationship. Maybe they'll want to give one of their guys a big win on AEW TV because apart from Kenta, that has not happened yet. Who the hell knows? I don't think I think everyone will be so high on the prospect of the match and how great it'll be that anyone can win. But according to the Wrestling Observer Radio on Wednesday night, Thursday morning, it is in fact happening. Mm. And we sort of speculated on a on the Dynamite review about uh, you know a Moxley heel run, um, which could really inform the the story of this match as well, I suppose. Yes, he looks so much harder with his like shaven head. We speculated that he looks a little bit more surly purely because he's losing sleep. I know the feeling all too acutely. <laughs> it's weird with Moxie turning heel. I've got... I don't know, man. Like, the more you turn everyone around, and it has to happen, it's pro wrestling to a degree, but I would love at least one or two baby faces in AEW to be actual forever baby faces, cornerstones, much like Hiroshi Tanahashi, now that we're on the subject of him. It's looking like that's increasingly untenable for Cody, given the reaction he got in North Carolina. But love Moxley. He'd be a brilliant heel, that's the thing. Um, but I would just love like one career-long AEW babyface. And, you know, situationally, Moxley can play heel. He did it against Archer, in effect, and it was fantastic. But and he could do heel on this night, and he should because I think Tanahashi would have the edge over him, the novelty, the bond these people have with him. But as a long term thing, no. But John Moxley on the night in Chicago, just being this vicious bastard, absolutely, it would perfectly fit the dynamic of the match. Before we get to what is probably going to be the final labor of Jericho, let's talk about this casino battle royal. Uh, yeah, I feel bad because whenever we talk about these for whatever show, you and I both roll our eyes because there's not, there's never been a good one, has there? Never been. There's been, has there? Nah. Some of them get pretty damn hot by the finish. They weren't revolution because you had Pac Phoenix and Jungle Boy. Like yeah. that was hot by the finish. Every single one by definition has been uneven. You get the odd lovely sequence in it. You might get a nice finishing sequence. You might get a nice bit of comedy. You might get some nice interactions between guys that the whole format stinks. It's so odd that they have persisted with it. And like, this isn't sexist. This needs to go on the pre-show. It really does. You could have a men's casino battle royale and you could have Tanahashi, Omega, Punk, Brian, Ishii, Shingo, Phoenix, Penta, I would still want it on the pre-show. It takes up too much time. It doesn't matter who's in it. It's kind of unworkable in the dynamic. We've labored on this several times. Like It's distracting watching them all come out at once. No one can shine like they do in the rumbles, as everyone sort of like sells, because there's four different people. No one gets the pop. There's no anticipation. There's no like, oh, Christ, he's out, because instead you're looking at who's out, because it's a stupid match. I can understand why Tony Khan persists with it because he's one of the few people sharp enough and able to concentrate on so many things like Fulham, Jaguars, AEW. Right, okay, there's Eva Luno, there's Max Caster, and there's someone else. And I can concentrate on all three of them at once because I'm a super genius. I'm not, Tony. 
you understand? It distracts me. So please just do a normal battle royal. One person reinvented the wheel, and that was Pat Patterson. Many have tried, from the thickest idiots, Vince Russo, to the most intelligent guys, Tony Khan, and the fact that neither one of them have managed to do a good battle royal that isn't the Royal Rumble makes me think I don't think anyone can. I can. I've done this. I've so we've said we've literally sat here and talked about this, right? Stop doing but all still, the time, first of all. Why are you doing a casino battle royal in, in Chicago? Like, do it a double all out in particular. Do it a double or nothing. Have double or nothing in Las Vegas, preferably, and do it like roulette you the roulette wheel bounces around tick, 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 tick. and everyone knows what numbers people are you know maybe have a small i don't really know i'm not <laughs> i don't really know how roulette works as you can probably tell but that's like you say it's just far better than whether it's five people coming out at once or five people coming out one after another it's crap like you say it doesn't work so you need to do do something to reinvent it or as we've just said to get rid of it but regardless um who who emerges victorious and, and potentially gets a well will get a uh, future women's world championship match for you? Before just very quickly before we move on, just do the rumble and call it a different thing. Like you've you've already getting a, a WWE's biggest modern stars not named Roman Reigns or Becky Lynch. You're already creeping up on those raw demos. You are making seriously ambitious and aggressive plays to become the number one promotion in North America. Like that is almost certainly a strategic aim at this point. People still love the Rumbles. People who hate WWE or are completely disenfranchised with WWE still hate the Rumbles. Just for no other reason other than well, people still love the Rumbles. Let's just steal it. Just steal it. <laughs> Vince McMahon would steal your best stuff. He's still your bloody day of the week when you were first starting. Stop being nice. Stop being stubborn. Nick the Rumble. Grab these horrible McMahons by the balls let's win this that makes me sound a little bit biased doesn't it <laughs> a, a tad a I've tad. googled it there's, there's obviously there's more numbers than 21 on a roulette wheel I just wanted to double check how many but do it once a year do a double or nothing preferably in Las Vegas but double or nothing gives you you got blackjack and roulette mixed up no 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 I was thinking no I just couldn't remember how many numbers exactly was on a roulette wheel uh, 30 well technically 37 i think there's 36 yeah. and then a gimmick special your special entrant is the the green zero right yes. which just so happens to always come out near the end yeah, who cares right do that do it once a year and that's it and ju- like have 36 people maybe have uh, I, I, I don't know but you like you, say, have, you can still use the aesthetic i like what you're going for with the roulette wheel the double or nothing gambling theme it's all very nice just have a Roulette wheel that happens to have 30 numbers because you don't have to, it's, it's a word. Yes, exactly. 30 numbers, and they can just, instead of 10 countdowns, that's too much like the rumble. Um, you can just go, and it'll yeah. go for 10 seconds, and the fans can still do the 10 second things. It's the rumble without being the rumble. And then just go one by one, and that's just replaces the countdown clock. And then the zero can be the last. It's a rumble that's still consistent with the, the gambling aesthetic that they, they're in love with. I mean, instead of instead of the countdown, fans can do the what can only be described as in English football as a, a goalkeeper readying to take a goal kick, which is sort of like that. Whoa! Hey. Dead simple. Debut Ruby Soho. We didn't see anywhere near enough of her best 
on the main roster. By all accounts, she's a tremendous human being who would be a great nurturing force for still pretty green AEW women's locker room. Don't have a win. Don't have a win. You can build her as a contender in any other ways. You don't want to feel like, oh, she's just been parachuted in to win um, at the expense of everyone we've carefully built. Like, you could do something similar with Christian and Cage and Jungle Boy. That worked like absolute gangbusters. Do something like that. Have a strong showing for Ruby Riot, Ruby Soho. And honestly, I would like to see either Ty Conti or Penelope Ford win that match. I want to see someone who's been a fixture on AEW programming, someone who's earned the hell out of the spot. Ty Conti, like, shit, there's Ty Conti fever, like, about three months ago. Mm-hmm. She's entered a string of great performances on Dynamite. Her work, her work looked explosive, snug, unusual, legit, still a little bit scrappy, but, like, if she'd been working as much now as she was then and hadn't kind of dropped a cold on dark and dark elevation, who knows what kind of a worker she could be. Her work was progressing that strongly and that quickly that it's kind of a goddamn shame that she's been iced, at least in terms of national telly. I have her win because she was really getting over and she was really getting good. I like that. Penelope Ford's a great shout as well. My pick, before I heard yours, was going to be Jade Cargill because it tends to lead to a match, obviously not at the next pay-per-view. And I think that's just, it just, we don't, she's developing, obviously, Jay Cargill. I don't want to besmirch her or anything like that, but she's obviously not at the level of a Thunder Rosa, for example. No, she's not. No, I think that's a good shout as well, Wilborn, because they did this with Nyla Rose and it kind of worked, is that they presented her as this really strong, intimidating presence who nonetheless had temper issues or a certain level of inexperience and had to get out for you can beat her because of this this reason like AEW will embrace flaws of its performers because it's realistic that way jade cargill you can say look at her looks like a million dollars incredibly powerful and tremendous athlete but she's relatively inexperienced mm-hmm. and that's what won the day for Britt baker who's got the edge in her or whatever i like that show just as much as mine uh, right, let's talk about the final labour of Jericho. We are presuming, of course, that uh, it doesn't go... He beats even to Guerrero. Yeah, and he beats him to Guerrero next week as well, yes. Uh, but obviously the final labour of Jericho is facing MJF, but I suppose the question is, he's also in charge of the stipulation for this match, so what do you think Maxwell's going to go for? Oh, I don't know. Can we talk about the last two labours first, after he beats Guerrero? Go on, then. Because I've seen loads. I don't really have an idea or a dog in the fight, really. I've loved all the suggestions that a lot of our really um, appreciated followers have mentioned in our replies. I can't remember names. and I can't tie the names to the suggestions. But people said Lance Storm. And it's like, I don't know if he can still go. He still trains. I'm sure you could get like seven minutes out of him. Like, I'm sure. Um, People, the Hamlet from day one said, absolutely get Sammy Guevara. What a great in-character thing for MJF to do. There are several ideas. Someone said Ultimo Dragon, considering that they had this. Basically, Ultimo Dragon was the guy who got Chris Jericho on the map. Ultimately, Chris Jericho was the guy who got Chris Jericho on the map. But they had matches for War, Wrestling Romance in like 95. Paul Heyman heard the raves, saw the tape, Got him into ECW, and that's how his mainstream career in the US started. Now he's become the living legend he is today. 
Um, that's a potential labour. We know that there are limitless possibilities in this universe. Is there anyone else you would like to see? I really like the Sammy Guevara booking. Uh, I always think in terms of a final hurdle, Wardlow is always, I like I like that being MJF's always go-to of like, okay, you've done all that. You've done got whipped or whatever it is with Cody. Now you got to beat this guy. Because um, in the back of my head, there's, you know, there's a bit that makes me think that if MJF witnesses, you know, Jericho gets so far, he's like, not, not, admiring that he wants him so much he wants to face him but he almost doesn't want him to lose at the final hurdle he wants to be able to you know pick the bones of what's left effectively of a guy who's like you say been chewed up and spat out by a, the chairman and nick gage and who to guerrero and what have you so maybe wardlow i don't know though i i said this on the news uh when we were talking about it the day after dynamite which would be few days ago when this podcast comes yes, out. Of course it was. Of course it was. I said I just said I was so glad. I was thinking thinking about this in the morning. So glad we didn't pull the trigger on that. What could be the labors of Jericho podcast? Because we'd have been so we'd have just picked, you know, through no fault of our own, we wouldn't have gone just as out there as MJF has. So I I'm I'm beyond trying to call it at this point. Absolutely. It's going to pass the labors. Be funny if like Hoovy with his reputation just decides to go into business for himself and roll him up. Like, <laughs> I'm honestly scared of that match. Like the guy has had an erratic history. Um, so we'll see. I doubt anything like that will happen, but my God, they are playing with rigging fire there. If you look at the parameters of the storyline, what's happened is that MGF has looked at Chris Jericho all along and went, I like the career you've had. We are very similar. I think I'll have some of that. He's ghost him in the background. He's shadowed him in the fiction through his um, flirtations with the inner circle. It started off at full gear. And what I thought was genuinely a really underrated match. I don't know if it was because it was in the semi-main. People thought of it like, oh, you're going to get 20, 25 minutes of really intense action. It was a properly good TV match. It just happened to be on the wrong slot of pay-per-view, IMO. But the whole idea was, and it was really fabulously worked, was a big wrestling chess match. Counter upon counter upon counter, and the finish was who is the most sort of mischievous, magnificent bastard. And they had this little tete a tete with various weapons and stuff. And MJF won the chess match. This isn't a chess match anymore. This is turning into a deeply personal grudge feud. You need to get some kind of hardcore match, some kind of derivative of a hardcore match. Look, it's in Chicago. Chicago Street Fight is right there. Mm. Town plus Street Fight. Guess the issue is the, and this will be an issue just in general, is that AEW's heightened the the extent that they are willing to put on violent matches so much more that trash can lid in a table. That's not glass, is it? I mean, maybe you could get callbacks in it though. You could get, you know, obviously a chair being used, a top rope maneuver, whatever they do for the. the... Yeah, I mean, they've given themselves loads to play with. That's a, a great a light you, a single light you. I'll allow one. In yeah. My booking. <laughs> I mean, MJF would sell a light you brilliantly. He's got the character who would think it's an affront to pro wrestling to have a light tube. Um, so, yeah, there is loads that can play with. Yeah, some kind of hardcore match to meet the tone that they've orchestrated to play with the history, but mainly because there's going to be some goddamn match of the night competition on this show. And Chris Jericho is better 
in the weapons stipulation environment than he is in the pure wrestling match that they've already done. And they like to build these stories. It's the natural conclusion. It's a way to get pops on a show that there are certain athletes and there are certain athletes on the show that are going to get bigger pops than them without the shortcuts. As much as people are really into this goddamn story right now, it doesn't quite have the same emotional heft as Hangman Page versus Kenny Omega. But then again, what does? Just for the benefit of a diverse range of action on a pay-per-view that AEW always embraces, this has to be, for virtually every single reason, a hardcore match of some kind. And the uh... Maybe even with a retirement stip, you know, people have been talking about this. I don't know, because you want Chris Jericho to not retire. I don't want to see him go for good. I know he's doing fuzzy. I, don't, I can't see him retiring. Like I just can't see him doing it. Some kind of injury write-off at the end. Like, what a dickhead MGF would look. After all this, he motions to shake Chris Jericho's hand and he breaks his arm or something like that. But then again, that would necessitate a rerun of... It's heating up at the right time. This has been a long feud. I think a lot of people, when it finishes, will be like, that was magnificent. Don't want to see it again for however many years. No, so, maybe maybe some sort of. I don't really know how you'd word this, but effectively a loser leaves AEW for a year stipulation or something. Along yeah, lines. and uh, like basically a euphemist, euphemistic way of saying, "Are you going on tour? You can come back after that." Yeah, <laughs> um, and yeah, an, an MJF victory, uh, so we can complete the long term booking that you, me, and uh, Tony Khan, uh, uh, just you and me, of course, have booked with. Uh, <laughs> Page winning the world title and then immediately dropping it to MJF. Finally, uh, I'm not sure if you've noticed, uh, Michael Sidgwick, but uh, All Out is taking place in Chicago, which uh, the really uh, you know aware wrestling fans may have realised is where CM Punk's from. And uh, there's been hints, very subtle, some hints that he may be going to AEW. Uh, you and I both believe, uh, as most fans do, anticipate uh, that he will show up prior to All Out. So what does CM Punk do at All Out for you? He works Darby Allen. Oh. He works a 12 to 15 minute banger opener with Darby Allen. Um, just the perfect hot opener. Not too long because like Punk's been out of this for seven years and they always say he can do as much running. And I don't know about this. I'm like a medium-framed, unathletic geek with knee chin from Gateshead. But this is what they say, these athletes. They say you can do all the running in the world. You can spend your days in the gym. You can grind. They love saying that the Yanks, don't they? I'm being out here grinding and doing the work and all the rest of it. You can do as much as that. You get two minutes in the ring and you think, no, it's different. It's different, Gravy. <laughs> so... Look, you don't want him to do 25 minutes. You want him to do 12 to 15 in the hottest, hottest wrestling opener of all time to just begin this utterly incredible celebration of pro wrestling, get vaccinated, people. Do you understand me right now? <laughs> um, and in the aftermath, because it's going to be an old baby face match, because you don't turn Darby Allen, you don't turn CM Punk. What you do is you build a match that... Put Darby Allen over. CM Punk could arrive as a goddamn hero. He could be Kip Sabian's pal and play games, and he'd be a, a hero and a super over babyface. Bring him in as a babyface. 
He wants to work Darby Allen because he wants to give him the rub. He genuinely does. Like he tweeted not too long ago that he likes Darby Allen, Ricky Starks, Hobbs, and Brian Pillman Jr. and someone else. But he really wants to work with Darby Allen based on that tweet, based on the fact that they're both punk rockers. They love that stuff. Just a nice competitive challenge. Gives Allen the rub. I want to work with you. You are what modern wrestling is all about. Blah, 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 blah. That 12 to 50 minutes. Punk wins. Hands are shaking. An alliance is formed, and that gives CM Punk a pal and another pal and Sting to work the Elite in a Trios match to build two CM Punk versus Kenny Omega down the line. I don't think this. I mean, the issue, the challenge is issued on Rampage. I don't know if you get a brawl because he just wanted to be a little friendly, in my opinion. Neither of these people should be healed. And then that happens at All Out, LFG. What about if? CM Punk comes out and he's talking and then a physical goat rolls out on a skateboard. That's just self. LTST. LTST, maybe. I thought but you yeah, talked about Danielson. Three-way. A goat <laughs> on a skateboard. <laughs> I, uh, I I don't think I've ever looked forward to a pay-per-view more that hasn't been called WrestleMania. That week. has had no matches announced other than one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've looked forward to this for six months. And at the moment, we've got the Women's Casino Battle Royal, which is a, a, a style of match that we despise. So, yes. but let us know your your thoughts, your predictions, uh, what you'd love to see at All Out on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Uh, well, actually, you can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE and make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, including our previews and reviews of AEW Dynamite. And I suppose in a few weeks, previews and reviews of AEW Rampage. Mad. Get vaccinated right now. <laughs> right. This has been Get the Table. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.